I am Dave Biddle, very happy to be joined by the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. Bax, let's get right into it. Expectations for the 2019 Buckeyes when you analyze this team, their schedule, uh, other teams across the country, just um, I guess the expectations of Ohio State never really change. But when you really break it down, what are your, your expectations for the 2019 Buckeyes? Big Ten champions and playoff berths, but that would be my answer regardless of the year. So, you know, that. As the, the the standard does not get lowered because we have a new coach. I've, I've said this repeatedly since Ryan Day took over. The standard is the standard, to quote Mike Tomlin, right? The the Buckeyes are going to be at the top of the league in our estimation every year. And if we ever go into a year where we're like, ooh, man, I just hope we win eight or nine games, and something's gone horrifically wrong with the program. Let's be real blunt. Um, but that's just the standard program expectations. There's good reason for those expectations as well. Uh, obviously, I think everybody's super excited that Justin Fields is eligible. He's immediately going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the country this year. Uh, everybody who has really seen what he can, is capable of doing, even in his limited showings in Georgia, knows that this is an extremely talented passing quarterback. No Stephen A. Smith, just because he's a black guy doesn't mean that he's a running quarterback. He can throw, right? So he's going to be a darn good player for Ohio State, a quarterback. You've got a lot of skill position guys coming back. Guys like K.J. Hill returning are going to help field this transition be very, very easy. And I think everyone expects the defense to get significantly better this year. And that alone is going to offset any aspect of the whole losing Dwayne Haskins where he put up 50 points a game arm cannon. You know, if Fields is only good enough to put up 40 points a game in his first year starting, I think we'll be all right. So. Yeah, I have extraordinarily high expectations for this Buckeye team. And by the way, their schedule should not be the kind of schedule that makes you sit there and panic and think that they're going to lose four games because they have a murderer's row. Their hardest non-conference game is Cincinnati. Yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, I think Ryan Day would be the first to agree. There's no really honeymoon period here. I mean, none at all. I mean, he, I think he'd be the first to say, no, I don't want a honeymoon period. Like, I, let's let's get after it. Anything less than whatever, you know fill-in-the-blank, his goal would be probably the same as what you said, at least win the Big Ten title, beat Michigan for the eighth straight year, get to the playoffs and see what happens from there. Um, obviously, the ultimate goal is the national championship. But, you know, for those that are wondering, is there a honeymoon period, you know? Maybe it is right now. You have people like me writing columns saying that you know, I like the hiring of Ryan Day and everything, you know. And I always liked him. I just was skeptical about, like, why, why not do a search? But I get it now. Um so people are wondering, is there a honeymoon period? Yeah, it's right now, but there's not going to be a honeymoon period during the season, like you're saying, Bax. Yeah, if it, it, this is a good way to frame it. If Ryan Day, three years in, averages 10 wins a year and that's it, we're going to be annoyed, right? Like, if three years from now, Ryan Day has gone 10 and 2, 10 and 2, 10 and 2, we're going to say, is he the right guy for the program? There's too much talent here for this team to not have had a big season. Urban averaged 12 wins a year, right? So this, this is the downside of taking a job where you get everything is that we expect everything. And, you know, Ryan Day goes into the season and the Buckeyes go 12-0 and in the regular season and win the Big Ten, then, yeah, that's a great sign. That's, that's you know, we're, we're expecting him to be perfect, right? 
if Ryan Day goes in and we go 11-1 and one and miss the playoffs, I'm sure we'll grumble but think it's a successful season, as long as that one isn't against the school up north. And if it's 10-2, and two, we got some talking to do here. So, you know, he, it's not like you're going to fire Ryan Day for going 10-2, and two, but he has extraordinarily big shoes to step into. He has a loaded roster. He has his staff in place, and he is one of the more innovative offensive minds in all of football. So, you know, the expectations are high, and justifiably so. The good news is, is I think – it's a very good thing for Ohio State that they have a young, dynamic head coach who's at the forefront of the current change in offensive football because offensive football currently dominates the sport. So, you know, I'm very optimistic Ryan Day is going to live up to close to my expectations, at least in the initial run here. Yeah, the defense could be a strength. Uh, another thing you touched on earlier uh, briefly, I mean, this nine returning starters uh, and, you know, I, I mean, guys that are just now entering – well, I would consider their collegiate prime. Even a guy that's a senior like Malik Harrison is just now kind of entering his prime. Uh, he really came out at the end of his junior season. I think he's going to be a stud as a senior. Um, and, and just glue guys like B.B. Laners coming back as a fifth-year senior. Devon Hamilton is a fifth-year senior. Uh, you know, mixed in with those studs like, you know, Chase Young, who's going to be a top-ten NFL draft pick probably next year, coming back for his junior year. And all the, the guys coming back in the secondary and everything else, I mean, and – most importantly, the new coaches, Jeff Halfley, Greg Madison, everybody on the defensive side of the ball uh, with only Larry Johnson sticking around from the previous staff. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, think this, I think this defense will go from a weakness to a strength. Just what are your thoughts on this defense? Uh, well, first of all, it's going to be really nice to see the linebackers not lining up like their defensive tackles. Um, that'll be a good start. You know, right. Maybe letting them actually back the line like their position name seems to indicate. So – I'm glad we're not going to have some stupid you-have-to-study-60-hours-a-week scheme to actually not think while you're playing uh, defense in place. Great Sean will be much better suited for an NFL-level defense uh, after what we saw this past year. Um, I think a simplified scheme allows Ohio State's athletes to be much more effective, and that's going to eliminate a lot of these coverage busts. Um, I think you're going to have a little bit more dynamic defense in terms of a willingness to just line them up and let them play versus trying to do something ridiculous. And by the way, like you said, nine guys are back. You have a lot of players who are going to be significantly improved. Getting Jordan Fuller back for another year is something that a year ago at this time, I would have laughed in your face if you told me we're getting another year out of Jordan Fuller. But the way this year went, didn't work out. Right now, Ohio State's secondary. Think about this. You could have the top two corners in the country from the recruiting class a couple of years ago and Wade and Okuda as two of your starters. You could have Brendan White, who came out of nowhere to be one of the most impactful players in the defense the last quarter of the year. And you can have Jordan Fuller, who's a future potential top three-round NFL pick, as your starting four. And that doesn't include Damon Arnett, who is still going to be floating around as a, as a viable corner. You know, maybe when these guys get a little bit of training to turn around and look for the football, they could be really darn dangerous. Your linebackers are, without question, going to be better coached this year and, without question, going to be better players this year. Um, I think we're going to see a little bit more merit-based play as well. Uh, there's no seniority when it comes to a new staff. The best guys are going to be on the field. That's one of the reasons you have to love staff turnover to a certain extent is that the best players will play. And then the one piece of staff stability we've had, if you will, is Larry Johnson. And guess what? He's the one you wanted to keep. He's only one of the greatest D-line coaches in the modern era. And you know the Ohio State is loaded on the D-line coming back, even losing Draymond Jones and Nick Bosa. I mean, you mentioned Chase Young. There's a whole host of D young D-tackles. You've got a bunch of young defensive ends, and I'm not talking Zach Harrison just getting on campus or anything. I'm talking guys like Tyler Friday, who we didn't talk about last year. Right? All those D-tackles, Tommy Togi in that group, they're going to be darn effective. And, of course, you mentioned B.B. Landers. He's a junkyard dog. 
these Buckeyes are going to be way better defensively this year. I think we're going to be much, much happier with what we see in the defensive side of the football. And if ever there's a reason for confidence, it's that the Ohio State isn't going to be flat-out deficient on one side of the football this year. Even if the offense takes a few steps back, which seems a little logical considering they scored the second-most points in the country last year, the defense is going to be more than good enough to make up for it. And really, if Ohio State had had just an average defense last year, the Buckeyes would have been in the playoffs because they wouldn't have had all these things happening to them when they given up 60 points a game. So I, I think, you know, bright days are ahead this fall for Ohio State. And I really don't see anybody in the Big Ten who's going to be a significant challenge to them because of some significant graduation losses. Last thing before we get you out of here, my friend. Um, when you analyze this team, let's look at the offensive line. Is, is As you analyze this offensive line, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think it's the biggest concern on the team? Just what are your thoughts on this 2019 O-line? Um, I'm not as concerned as others. I know a lot of people are concerned because you only have a, you know, a very limited number of guys returning. First things first, if, if, if Jonah Jackson comes from Rutgers, he's essentially going to take a starting spot. And this is a guy who Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Alabama are all trying to convince him to start for them next year. So that would be a big coup. I, I hope the Buckeyes get him. But even if they don't, let's look at this. You had a true, fre- or not a true freshman, a first-year starter in Thayer Munford, right? He was very solid this year, and he's only going to get better. Uh, Josh Alabi, when he came in, was darn good last year. Like, I was panicking when he came on the field multiple times. He played a very good level of football whenever he came in at the other tackle spot. So everybody who thinks Nick Petit Ferrer, who, by the way, is certainly going to push for playing time, is a shoe in to start, he's not. You have three tackles right now that I think a lot of us would feel very comfortable with because if Petit Ferrer starts, he's starting over two guys that have a little bit of proven to him, right? Um, In the middle, Josh Myers could have started at center last year. There was talk about... Uh, whenever Demetrius Knox got hurt of moving Michael Jordan back to guard and having um, Josh Myers start the Big Ten Championship in the Rose Bowl. And they decided not to go that way, but he could have easily started. Wyatt Davis was very good when he was in. And, by the way, we all forget Brandon Bowen has struggled through some serious injuries the last few years, but he was a starter two years ago, and a good one until he broke his leg. So if he's back to healthy, then all of a sudden, even if you don't get Jonah Jackson, you've got a decent starting group there. And if Jackson comes, then you've got three pretty good guards, a good center, three pretty good tackles. And then there's depth behind them of young guys coming in. So I don't think the offensive line is going to be a negative. It may not be a super-duper positive, but I'd counter with saying I don't expect to see a lot of snaps in the dirt, and I don't expect to see as many false starts this year. So I think the O-line is going to probably be perfectly fine if not pretty good this year. Great insights, as always, from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column on Bucknuts. Every Sunday, it is the bucket. Thank you very much, Bax. And thank you all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. I appreciate it. hope you have a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag. Best damn band in the land.